Answering Mormon's Questions by Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson deals with 36 commonly asked questions by your LDS friends and neighbors. It's a great resource for Christians who want to share their faith with friends and loved ones. Be sure to pick up your copy today at your favorite Christian bookstore. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is the name of the church not negotiable? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Well, a topic that really came to the surface back in 2018 after Russell M. Nelson became the president of the church after the death of Thomas S. Monson is the topic of how to call the church. There's an article in the November 2021 edition of the Leahona Magazine. Now, mind you, this is a conference edition. This is another conference message that was given tackling the subject of the name of the church. And this one was by Mormon Apostle Neil L. Anderson. The title of it was, The Name of the Church is Not Negotiable. And he, of course, gets that from a phrase that Russell M. Nelson used back in 2018 when discussing how the church should be called. The subtitle to this message, found on page 116 in this edition of the Leahona, reads, When we willingly follow the counsel of the Lord, as revealed through his living prophet, especially if it runs counter to our initial thinking, requiring humility and sacrifice, the Lord blesses us with additional spiritual power. So what I take away from that, Eric, since the topic is going to be what members should call their church, it seems like if you don't call it by its proper name, you are going to be actually forfeiting or sacrificing any type of additional spiritual power based on how you refer to your church. Let's jump right into this conference message, because there's a lot of things that Neil Anderson has to say that I think are worthy of criticism. And believe me, folks, we have a lot to talk about in this coming week. And I think the key phrase in what you just cited is revealed through his living prophet. The living prophet since 2018 would be Russell M. Nelson. And so I believe, and we're going to be talking about this, that Russell M. Nelson's idea that the name of the church is not negotiable. It's his main idea, not his predecessors. So let's read the first part of Anderson's talk he says this, in a press conference on August 16, 2018, President Russell M. Nelson said, quote, The Lord has impressed upon my mind the importance of the name he has revealed for his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have work before us to bring ourselves in harmony with his will, end quote. Let me stop you there, because I think that comment alone should raise a number of questions. Obviously, this has been a problem for Russell M. Nelson for a long time, and we're going to talk about that. But when he says, the Lord has impressed upon my mind the importance of the name he has revealed for his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I have to wonder, 
why did it not impress upon the minds of Thomas Monson or Gordon B. Hinckley or even Joseph Smith in the beginning of this movement? The church was originally called in 1830 the Church of Christ. Four years later, they changed it to the Church of the Latter-day Saints. This isn't even difficult to prove. I'm holding in my hand right now a copy of the 1835 Doctrine and Covenants, and it says on the title page, Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of the Latter-day Saints, carefully selected from the revelations of God and compiled by Joseph Smith, Jr., Oliver Cowdery, Sidney Rigdon, Frederick G. Williams. So why didn't this affect Joseph Smith the same way that we are to believe it affected Russell M. Nelson? Now, we know that Nelson is citing from Section 115 in the Doctrine and Covenants, but this is 1838. So for eight years, the church was known by two different names. Neither of those names was the one that they use now the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's something that only goes back to 1838. I think it's a fair question to ask, why didn't it seem to bother Joseph Smith in 1830? Why didn't it seem to bother Joseph Smith in 1834? So we're going to really believe that Russell M. Nelson has some sort of special insight as to what is the mind of God, because he brings that up now. I think that's an interesting point you're making, the idea that what he says, the Lord has impressed upon my mind. When I always have heard Latter-day Saints talking about the idea that the prophet receives revelation from God, I, in my mind, always think, well, they must think that somehow God is speaking in an audible voice, not just an impression in a mind, but telling the prophet Joseph Smith what he's supposed to do, because those are the stories we hear. The first vision story has God the Father and Jesus speaking directly to Joseph Smith. That's a direct revelation. We have Moroni who comes in 1823. That is a direct communication. How does Russell M. Nelson get communication? He gets an impression upon his mind. And he takes that impression and he applies it to a verse that Latter-day Saints already have. That's not how Joseph Smith operated. He could quote the exact words that God the Father allegedly gave him, because that's what becomes later on to be known as the Doctrine and Covenants. Many of those sections in the Doctrine and Covenants are word-for-word revelations that Joseph Smith received from God. I'm just curious, what would be the word-for-word revelation that Russell M. Nelson got on this? We don't hear anything like that. He doesn't give us any citations that God the Father gives him. It's merely an impression upon his mind, as you said. And I believe that much of the revelation that Russell M. Nelson received in 2018, I think there was an interview with his wife, and she explained how he would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd have a notepad and he'd just write down these impressions. But we don't see any indication that God is speaking literally to to Russell M. Nelson, but perhaps his own idiosyncrasies, his own beliefs are incorporated in what he gets as impressions to be able to place on the entire church. The talk from Anderson continues and says, he acknowledged that it was, quote, going to be a challenge to reestablish the name of the church and undo a tradition of more than a hundred years, end quote. But he added, quote, the name of the church is not negotiable. The name of the church is not negotiable, but yet 
it seems to have been negotiable prior to 2018. And we can prove this. We can prove it very easily. And if you're a Latter-day Saint listening, and let's say you're above the age of 20, I would be willing to say you use the word Mormon to describe yourself And I wouldn't be surprised if in times you also referred to your church as the Mormon Church. Now, how come you didn't get an impression upon your mind that that wasn't the way it should be called? I think that, again, is a fair question. Anderson continues, seven weeks later, President Nelson spoke in general conference, quote, the Lord impressed upon my mind the importance of the name he decreed for his church, even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, It was the Savior himself who said, for thus shall my church be called, end quote. Then President Nelson repeated, quote, the name of the church is not negotiable, end quote. Now, here's what happened, folks, in this time period. Before, it was merely a press conference, and Nelson says, the Lord is impressed upon his mind. A press conference. He's the new president. He's the new prophet. That's a big deal, but not an ultimate deal. Because you see, if it just ended there, and let's say things changed down the road, I could guarantee you that what Mormon apologists would say is, well, it wasn't in general conference, it wasn't written in our scriptures, so maybe it was just his own personal opinion, and if at that time they had kind of changed and didn't go in that direction, they could easily excuse it. But now that Russell M. Nelson says it in a general conference message, this now becomes the mind of the Lord, the will of the Lord. Even though we don't have any words that were spoken to Russell M. Nelson, because again, he states it was merely an impression. Unlike Joseph Smith, he doesn't get actual words spoken to him that he can remember to write down to tell his people exactly what God wants for them. We just have to go by a feeling that this man in his 90s happened to have at some point in time. And interesting, it happens after he becomes president? Not so fast. No, Russell M. Nelson believed this long before 2018. This was not something new, if many Latter-day Saints think so. It was not new. Certainly, he had these ideas long before that. Anderson continues in his talk under a subtitle, A Good Question, and says, A Good Question Surfaced. Why now, when for so many decades we had embraced the nickname Mormon? The Mormon Tabernacle Choir, the video spots, I'm a Mormon, the primary song, I am a Mormon boy. The doctrine of Christ is unchanging and everlasting, yet specific and important steps of the Savior's work are revealed at their appropriate time. This morning, President Nelson said, quote, the restoration is a process, not an event, end quote. And the Lord has said, quote, All things must come to pass in their time, end quote. Now is our time, and we are reestablishing the revealed name of the church. Let's go back. A good question surfaced. Why now, when for many decades we had embraced the nickname Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, video spots, I'm a Mormon, the primary song, I am a Mormon boy? I think that's a fair question. I don't think that Anderson did a good job answering the question. Because he says, the doctrine of Christ is unchanging and everlasting. Doesn't that sound like he's saying that a doctrine of Christ is the name of the church? It's not a policy. It's a doctrine. And we know that that doctrine came about in 1838 
because it must not have been a doctrine unless Joseph Smith was in sin or not revealing the truth to his people when he called the church the Church of Christ and then later on dropped Christ's name and called it merely the Church of the Latter-day Saints. The doctrine of Christ is unchanging and everlasting. Well, if it's unchanging and everlasting, should it not have been a doctrine in 1830 and also a doctrine in 1834 when the church was called the Church of the Latter-day Saints? You see, these are words that Anderson is using. I'm not putting them in his mouth. He's making this statement. So if the doctrine of Christ is unchanging and everlasting, you would think it would also pertain to the name of the church. But to say, yet specific and important steps of the Savior's work are revealed at their appropriate time? Shouldn't it at best have been revealed in 1838? But yet we don't find the same kind of pressure being put upon members of the church when it comes to how they address themselves or how they address the church. It's not that there was not an official name for the church. Of course there was an official name for the church. But you don't hear Latter-day Saints of old making that same kind of puffed-up pride where they say, I'm not a Mormon, I'm a Latter-day Saint. I didn't notice that a long time ago. It's not that I've never met a Latter-day Saint who acted like that. I have met a few, but not like you're seeing now. And we're going to continue this conversation in tomorrow's show. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.